welcome to the Meddling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Coopo. So now we are officially upon the final episode of this season. As I said in the previous episode, I'm going to consider Scooby-Doo's Laugh Olympics as a, a whole new incarnation of the show, even though it's basically a repackaged season two of this. But that's all coming soon. Uh, for now, let's get into the Spirits of 76. So we start off with a rainy, spooky evening in uh, my nation's capital, Washington, no, Washington, D.C., uh, the gang is driving, and they are the only car on the road, seemingly, in that area, which uh, seems like a, you know, rare occurrence to me, but, uh, you know, not in Scooby-Doo. Real life, yeah. But anyways, uh, they're driving in rainy, spooky Washington, D.C., as long as Shaggy's not driving, right? Last time he drove in the rain, in the rain he ran into some ice cream. Uh, they are in town for the Bicentennial Celebration. They're all disappointed and even frightened, some of them. I bet you can guess who, of the stormy weather. Uh, Daphne really wanted to see the Lincoln Memorial, but, uh, you know, she's pretty disappointed. But uh, Shaggy actually comes up with a really good idea. How about they spend the whole day inside in the Smithsonian Museum? Everyone actually really loves that idea, and I do too. I want to go there one day, I think. Well, okay, so it'd be cool to do so, but it's not like I have an active plan or or like an active bucket list item, you know, to do that, you know, just sounds great. But uh, the gang gets inside the Smithsonian and it's, I mean, I feel like it looks clearly closed. So I don't know how exactly that they got in, but it's dark and there's no people there, none whatsoever, just like on the, out on the road. Oh, and I did forget to mention right before the gang steps inside the building, there's a ghostly figure watching them through a window high up in the building. And, uh, you know, it's all dark and rainy and you just see the silhouette but when lightning strikes, uh, it, I think it's George Washington. Uh, I don't feel too strongly about that. Uh, but I, So I don't feel too strongly about him being the ghost villain. But that could be some sort of blasphemy, I, I feel like, to, to a lot of people. Uh, although this show Supernatural, which crossed over with Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Natural, uh, had Gandhi attacking and mauling people. Same for Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I like when history and its figures are used for science fiction and fantasy story purposes. But anyway, there's a security guard that enters the room, and uh, the gang says that they just got in from the storm. Cool. Uh, thanks for letting him know. Uh, he advises them to go back out into the storm because there are ghosts haunting the halls. Uh, Quote-unquote, scarifying folks away. Washington is looking on in the dark with a few other ghosts, and uh, the guard continues on to the gang. He tells them they, they better hurry up if they want to look around because they're the only ones inside the museum and that it closes in an hour. And honestly, I really have to say that a rainy, stormy day in that place with some of my loved ones, that could be one of the greatest days I have ever heard of. Oh, and then also the guard uh, has some suspiciously wet and squeaky shoes as he walks away. So he is a suspect already. Uh, Shaggy spots what he thinks are other visitors, but Daphne corrects him. Those are some wax dummies of Benedict Arnold, William DeMont, and Major Andre. Uh, Shaggy goes over and pokes one, of one, which almost gives the dummy away as a real person, because Scooby pokes him and his nose twitches. But, uh, but, you know, the guy pulls it together and he tricks the gang successfully. So they think there's a bunch of wax dummies there, but it's clearly three real dudes acting like wax dummies. 
Uh, Scooby-Doo acts like a dog. He, he like he continues to, which is exceedingly rare. We've talked about that. Is he? I mean, he rarely sh shows cl typical dog behavior, but he does here uh, because he's sniffing the shoes intently. He thinks he smells someone or something, and, and he's really, really going at it. And then this supposed wax dummy, he kicks Scooby. He kicks him away, and Scooby goes sliding. He hides. Scooby hides under a very large steam engine train because uh, he's scared and hurt. I can't believe a go. Ugh, I can't believe that man kicked Scooby Doo. What the gang walks up to that same uh, same exhibit, the train, and uh, there's an interesting quirk. There is a push to operate button. Uh, Daphne's going on about how neat it is that you can operate the exhibit. She's very pumped up about it. And while she goes on, someone, like, apparently no one's looking at the button while she talks about it. Because while she's going on and on, the gang doesn't notice that one of the ghosts peeks from the shadows and he presses said button. Uh, this train is loud and the, the wheels turn, but it's on, like, a one small track that doesn't allow it to actually move, you know, like about the museum. Although I do feel like we may see that become part of a trap later. Uh, but so as the loud exhibit thunders on, Scooby's really scared hiding under it. He is losing it. Uh, now he's scared, and then now he's trapped as a trap door just beneath him springs, and he disappears. Scooby is trapped in the belt for the machinery that seems to operate the locomotive. Uh, the gang informs another security guard, who looks and seems very nice. Uh, the security guard offers to help them look, but he reminds them once again that the museum is closing soon. I believe it's a few minutes now. Uh, the gang already sp goes off screen. They split up, and now they've come back together because they still can't find Scooby. Uh, Velma is still annoyed at just how loud that train is, so Fred gets the brilliant idea to press the button and turn it off. And I lost my place in the notes. Boom. Uh, gang, please. It's very simple. Uh, but when the exhibit finally quiets down, they hear a limp and exhausted rope from Scooby. That was the worst Scooby-Doo impression ever. Mm. Considering editing that out. Uh, Fred finds the trap door and the gang gets down there to help out our poor buddy. Uh, they need to untangle him from the mess of belts of that machine that he was in. Uh, so now they're down in that area underground. Which means that the security guard guards, two of them, missed them when they did their last rounds of the building to check for any people left inside. The two, I think they exit the building and they set the time lock. Uh, it turns out Scooby-Doo was not... Okay, yeah, so the guards have set the time lock. Gang is locked in there till morning, doesn't open until, you know, whatever time they set it for. Uh, but the uh, the gang figures out while they're down there, they, they can't figure out what that machine is for. And I guess it's not machinery for the train. I thought it was something that operated the train. But it's, uh, it's a cotton gin. Uh, not all exhibits are for public viewing, I suppose. And the gang gets their friend out of his uh, little mess, and they decide to hurry out of the building so as not to get locked inside. Little do they know. And as they turn to exit the area, they find Benedict, William, and Arnold. Nice of the animators and director to always place them in that order when they're standing about so that we know who is who. Or we, we at least have a chance to. Uh, I also feel like uh, the one that I thought was George Washington, I think that's William. Um, I don't truly know. I'd like so... Uh, so the point is, George Washington is not the villain of this episode. His ghost is not coming back to haunt the gang. It's, it's, I, that would have been nice, but no. Um, but, um, uh, let's see. The difference with the wax dummies this time is that they're all wearing their long red underwear. And, oh, just above the trapdoor and exit, there's Benedict. 
uh, he laughs a very screeching, uh, uh, ugly laugh and slams the gang inside. Uh, they're trapped. So they establish that the ghosts of those wax figures are the ones haunting them. And uh, just to make it clear in case I didn't, which I don't think I did, they ran into the wax dummies with just underwear in that basement or that lower level. And uh, so that means that those are the actual wax dummies brought down there so that the, the dudes could go up there and pretend to be the wax dummies and stay in the museum overnight. Uh, let's see. So the gang establishes that the those the ghosts of those wax figures or, the, or those people are the ones haunting them. So the gang splits up per usual to look for a way out of their imprisonment. Uh, they immediately... Oh, okay, so the older kid's going down one corridor, and they end up picking up a trail of damp footprints. That immediately calls to mind the security guard's footprints that they noticed. And oddly enough, the footprints seem to continue all the way through the corridor to a dead end, a wall. There's no more corridor to walk through, that the, yet the footprints seem to extend past the wall. Uh, so it's obviously a secret door panel. I mean, the animation is clear to show that the spot the gang is standing in is capable of, like, turning in a circle or, like, flipping or something and getting them to the other side of the wall. You can just tell by the lighting. And as they discuss these footprints, Daphne spots something rather disturbing back down the corridor. Uh, Arnold and Andre are coming down the corridor with them. I think they're just running. I don't think they're floating. So instead of figuring out the secret door, the three take off sprinting. Uh, disappointing. I thought they would be the ones to realize, but that's okay. It'll come later. Uh, I expected, you know, better from Velma, at least. But uh, I, I said it's okay. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy, they're not doing any better as well uh, because they passed by a T-Rex bone exhibit. Scooby's extremely pumped about finding the bones, and he's licking and biting and attempting to take the femur for himself. Uh, Shaggy tries to dissuade him, but Scooby is a bad dog this time, and he yoinks the boin the boin the bone away from the the uh, exhibit this of course leads to the whole structure of it tumbling uh, as the two emerge from the mess of bones uh, William shows up to chase the two and he laughs the entire time while he does so uh, this is another episode in which the ghosts just laugh and laugh and laugh give me a break but somehow Scooby Shaggy and the ghosts end up on a like a tandem bicycle I missed where the bikes came into play but you know what it was funny wherever they got him from. Uh, Shaggy noticed the ghost on their bike, and he says, pick up the pace, Scooby, we've got to lose him. Like, Shaggy, come on. Scooby even gives the camera a funny look after that. Uh, th but the, their increased pace actually leads to them crashing, and as they crash, the older kids enter the same area with the other two ghosts following them. So the crash ends up sending the three ghosts running out of the room. Now, this is slightly weird here. I think this was an editing mistake. So the ghosts run out of the room and the show fades to black because this was was where a commercial break was previously at. When the show fades back in, the gang is running from the ghosts again. Was it a continuity error or did the writers and directors just not have a better way to transition to this scene? Or did they remove a few minutes of the show in the edit or, or what? I don't know. Uh, but either way, the gang is being chased again uh, and they all sprint up some stairs into another room. There's a lot of rooms that they, that they go into that are ill-defined before they walk in. And that's okay. It's Scooby-Doo. That's how that's how they roll. Uh, Fred slams. I, I can imagine how long episodes would be and how, how slow the beginning would be if they did a bunch of exposition to, like, show the map of a place. Ugh. But anyways, Fred slams and locks that door behind them, which should give them a little time to uh, 
uh, investigate more before being chased all about the museum again. Uh, before they can do anything, though, they run into the security guard, the nice one, the younger one, who is miffed to see them still inside. Uh, the gang asks to be let out, but the guard informs them of the time lock, and it doesn't open until, get this, noon tomorrow. 12 p.m.? I find that to be an odd opening time. But I guess I don't make the rules. It's just whatever. I feel like you should open a museum at like 8 or 9. But, once again, don't make the rules. As the gang stresses about this, the locomotive starts up again and sends everybody for a loop. And the gang is funny here. They really don't like that sound. I mean, obviously, I guess it's meant to be like like deafeningly loud probably it's just you know it doesn't quite come across in the my computer's audio uh the nice security guard he's fine with ignoring it he's chilling he's like it happens we we deal we get the guy to deal with it uh but the other guard the older one the angry one the first one that the gang encountered just is not happy to seemingly even exist let alone deal with this train he's always angry uh the nice guy tells the gang that he had been like that since he had switched from the daytime job at the white house which was, what, was he Secret Service? To the nighttime at the museum. And uh, I gotta say, what a long way to fall in a very short time. Each. Uh, the gang is back to complaining about the train, but apparently only, only an engineer knows how to work it. It is literally operated by a single button, but only the engineer can do something about it. Apparently the train always goes off like that and the engineer has to come down and fix it and then a, a little while later it just goes wild again. Uh, Shaggy makes an interesting observation and asks how the engineer got inside with the time locks on the door. Hmm? He says that he has been staying in the museum recently because the locomotive needs attention constantly. Uh, it's time to hire a new or at least get some different quotes. Uh, it's time to hire a new engineer, Washington, D.C. I don't think this one is doing very well. Uh, but it turns out that the engineer is, one, not getting much sleep, and two, he has wet and damp footprints. Hmm. The gang notices these dank footprints, and they all seem to think that he and Grumpy Boy, security guy, are possibly two of the people behind the mystery. How much would I bet that it's the nice security guard and two henchmen of his that we've never met? Uh, but the gang decides to go back down to the basement and the cotton gin. As they ponder the contraption, both it and the locomotive start up again. Then they stop together, then they start, stop again, start, and then they stop again. So I was right to think the cotton gin was the mechanism that made the train go for the exhibit because when I get in theory, in a way I was, because when one turns on, so does the other. Velma stares at the cotton gin long enough to realize that everything about it legitimately seems 100 years old except for the brand new motor parts at the top. Uh, Fred also points out that the belts attached to it are new and they stretch all the way down the corridor and they're all like attached to the ceiling. Uh, the belts uh, lead to, they lead down the corridor to that wall that the older kids were previously at. The one with the lighting that means it's gonna, it's gonna flip. Uh, the, uh, the footprints from earlier are still there so there's obviously something behind that wall that someone is working on. Uh, of course the gang is going to play dumb here and Scooby's gonna have to accidentally pull a lever or press a button to activate the door. And he does so. Uh, there's some knight's armor on display against the wall, and there's a single finger sticking out of the hand that is being used to hold the axe. So, of course, that finger is where the pressure plate, or what have you, is activated. After a moment of, like, pure chaos, the wall just keeps spinning and spinning, the gang and spinning, and the gang is just thrown directly into a watery cave. Like a, like a sewer system, honestly, I would think. I mean, what else would it be? Eesh. <laughs> Once again. 
Uh, they continue to follow these belts to a big hole in the rock wall. Or uh, concrete, I guess, according to Velma. She probably knows more than me. Who am I to doubt Velma? Attached to the end of the belt is a large drill that's uh, created a hole in the wall. She says it drilled through uh, four-foot-thick concrete. Like, wow, man, that is one thick wall. Uh, as the three contemplate this wall, former wall, uh, the, the hole in front of them, Shaggy stumbles upon some big bags. I wrote big bigs in my note. Stumbles upon some big bigs. Uh, he says, I wonder what could be in these big brown burlap bags. Uh, turns out it's money. Uh, brand new $100 bills. The gang proceeds through this wall and they find uh, printing presses. Shaggy thinks logically and he's like, the spirits of 76 are counterfeiters. Good guess, Shaggy, but wrong. You're wrong, Shaggy. Velma points out that the only printing presses like this in existence, really, or at least in the U.S., would be in the U.S. Mint. And Daphne realizes that they passed the Mint on the way to the museum. And the way, the direction they walked and about how far they think they walked, you put two and two together and you get... The spirits of 76 are stealing money the second it's made. The gang doesn't say it out loud, but they've all figured it out. Unfortunately for them, the spirits show back up and they begin to chase our friends. Uh, they got too close to solving the mystery. We need a little bit more runtime in the show. Uh, they go running down the sewer and back through the secret door and then up into the museum. And now the gang is on those steam cars. On the, Not those steam, star, steam cars. We, we haven't seen the steam cars before. But... Uh, it's like a, a transition where they just run up. Maybe I looked away or something, but I, I looked away, I looked back, and after they got through that secret door, uh, boom, they're on these uh, steam cars speeding through the museum. So as they approach a wall, Fred realizes that, the, okay, so it's Fred, Daphne, Velma in one, and then uh, the ghosts are chasing them, and I think Scooby and Shaggy have one, and there's a ghost that has another one. So we got four cars, if I'm correct. I cannot remember. It's been several days since I've seen this episode. It's been a while since I've seen this episode. But uh, Fred realizes as they're driving that there's no brakes on these cars. So he starts just smashing into things. And then Scooby ends up on the ceiling hanging on a model plane. And then Shaggy's car breaks down. And he tries to stop the ghost car with a block of ice from a display. Uh, but it turns out to be glass. I mean, of course. You know, how would ice stay as ice in the museum? So it actually pops the ghost tires... So, you failed the test successfully, Shaggy. And then the older kid's car runs out of gas or steam or, or, or fuel. Whatever powers that car. I said steam car because it, it seems old, but whatever. They can't go anymore. And then the plane, it's the Wright Brothers plane, actually. Well, like a, a recreation. Uh, Scooby is hanging on. It falls, and he starts flying around, like, impossibly with no momentum, no wind, no nothing. And lands on the ghost's car, trapping them inside. And I gotta admit, I, I hope I did it justice the way I described it, but honestly, that was a pretty wild chase. There was a lot going on in a very short time. It was it was a good action scene. It was a good Scooby-Doo action scene. Uh, okay, so now we're getting real close here. This is the final wrap-up. So the ghosts have been caught, and we have a real government agent, uh, which are the words that Velma used. Apparently, I would think that other older security guard is technically a real government agent. Uh, there to explain everything to uh, the ghosts are unmasked, and it turns out to be the city engineer, as we thought, Mr. Clyde, uh, and some other guy. Mr. Clyde's the uh, the young, nice security guard. 
But uh, the other guys, just no one in particular. It's just two two guys that we met and one other guy just hanging out with him. Just a just just a friend of a friend. Uh, they all posed as wax dummies and and used the dummies' clothes and they acted like that until the security guards did their rounds and locked the doors at night. The villains then used the cover of the train with a uh, souped-up soundtrack as well to cover up their drilling sounds. It's honestly a pretty simple mystery, I'd say. This is one that I, uh, once we saw the drill, I, you know, you figured it out. And I feel like I figured it out before because once, <laughs> that's it's, it's fine. This time, I knew what was going to happen. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Um, uh, let's see. But yeah, so pretty simple mystery, pretty exciting mystery. The last twist is that the villains drilled into a pressing room filled with millions of dollars of, get this, worthless money. The bills haven't been sealed or signed by the treasurer yet, so all that criminal activity was for nothing, no matter how you shake it. Uh, most criminal activity is for nothing anyway, because you shouldn't do it. But that does wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you guys for your patience. Uh, I just uh, uh, had a, a tough time last week uh, making time for things. Wasn't really feeling it, you know, life and whatnot. And uh, this past weekend, I was uh, incapacitated after a fun night. So uh, I messed up my timing to get the episode out. So I'm going to break the Sunday tradition this time, which I've done once before, I believe. And uh, hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, I the, My next episode will be probably a preview of uh, what's coming next. And I can't remember right now at the moment, and I refuse to look it up, even though I could very extremely easily. But I may have forgotten one of the Scooby-Doo and uh, uh, Dino Mutt Hour crossovers. I could, I'll probably still do that. So either way, get ready for an episode maybe this coming Sunday. Uh, thank you again for listening. I appreciate all of you. Thank you to Dave Seste for the use of his song, Night Surfing, for the theme song. Now stay groovy and remember, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs>